for the scriptures today, maybe for the guys at the back there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep it easy today. New King James Version, unless I specify other words. And then I think what we can do is we can start with Romans 8, verse 14 to 17. So Romans 8, verse 1, 4 to 1, 7. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with Him, that we may also be glorified together. We will use this as one of the foundational scriptures today. As you know, we're speaking today about from servant to son. And encompassing that is definitely, you cannot remove the fathership from the sonship portion. So that's definitely all of them combined here. And the second foundational scripture that we're going to use today is Galatians 4 verse 6 to 7. Galatians 4 verse 6 to 7. And it says, And because you are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave or a servant, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. So maybe just, just say after me, Servant or son? I'm going to pose a couple of statements over here and then just do some introspection. Are you simply serving in the house or are you building the house? Are you chasing ministry or are you waiting to inherit ministry from the father of the house? Are you rights entitled or are you privilege oriented? Do you delight yourself in exposing nakedness of those over authority over you? Or do you honor headship and cover nakedness? Do you constantly question the chain of command? Or do you naturally honor the leadership and authority over you? Do you focus on your appearance? Or do you focus on meeting the needs of God's people? Do you only relay information? Or do you actually relay the heart of the father of the house? Do you serve simply with a sense of duty and obligation? Or do you serve with joy and devotion? Do you want to be right? Or do you want to get things right? And are you constantly looking for a better place, a better opportunity or jump ship when things, when the first storm arise? Or do you have the staying power? Now, I must admit, a couple of years ago, before my journey really started with the Lord, I can honestly tell you that with a lot of those questions, I did not answer <laughs> the son route. I definitely answered the servant route. So maybe just some background and why I'm actually preaching this message here today. May I be a living testimony of what God's Word is, His principles are, His promises in His Word and the prophecies in His Word. 
that's being made manifest. That what's being taught here from the pulpit, I apply as far as I can by the guidance of the Holy Spirit. But I promise you guys, His Word is true. Just me being here today is a living testimony of that. Now, where I started a couple of years ago, if I put my hands in my pockets, it's usually because I'm, I can really speak with my hands a lot. So, yeah, so just bear with me with that one. Um, so I started the journey with the Lord. I mean, since, since birth, um, I knew the Lord. I've been brought up in a house that really has good Christian foundations and they had the principles. Um, so I was blessed. I was really blessed with a father in the house, a natural father that followed the Lord. Now, at that time, I didn't really have a spiritual father per se as yet, but now I do. And then obviously our heavenly father, our main father. Remember our natural father and spiritual father are the mere expression here of our heavenly father. He's not replacing. It's only expression of him, an extended hand, an extended portion of his heart here on earth. So I've done my journey and um, I was like Paul. I was well-groomed, well-groomed. I could speak the lingo. I could do this stuff and nothing wrong with that. But something was lacking. Nowhere near I saw the power of God. And about around about 2014 or so, I came to a point where I said to the Lord, Lord, I hear you speaking to me and you're trying to draw me closer and closer. And the only two words that he gave me at that stage was integrity and honor. Integrity and honor. He started preparing my heart. Now, laying on of hands and falling over and those type of things, that was few and far between for me. Um, I was literally like, come and do that and let's argue it out and that type of thing. So that's where, that was why my background was. But at the end of the day, around about 2015, 26, and I just said to the Lord, Lord, there's a hole in my heart and I need some spiritual surgery done on my heart at that stage. And I was at a crossroad because I know your word is true. I was in a dilemma. Your word must be true. I know you exalt your word above yourself. But why am I not seeing these things? Lo and behold, I've worked with some colleagues and uh, as the Lord prepared my heart, they invited me to a conference, um, uh, actually here in Centurion area somewhere, a couple of years ago. And um, uh, luckily my wife uh, obviously assisted me going to that meeting because I knew this is going to be not the normal type of meeting that I'm used to. Luckily she's been exposed a little bit by the Holy Spirit as well and had the exposure there. And um, uh, so I felt safe to go. I just told the Lord, the moment that I walked into that conference, I said, Lord, if there's something not from you, make me run away here tonight, but I'm open to learn from you because I know I cannot limit you. So that was the main story where we began. And then when we walked into that conference, I know the moment there was another minister preaching there, but prophet was standing in the house in the back and he was not even preaching. He was just standing there in the back. And I saw the moment that I laid my hands on him, something inside me tore. And literally I knew, I knew, I knew I had to be with him. I've got to have what he's got. I need to be close to him. And at that same moment, the voice of God spoke to me in my spirit. And that was, he, he literally told me, you need to be with that man. He's one of my most fearless generals for this generation. You need to be with that man. Yeah. 
lo and behold, I didn't obviously, God shared a couple of other things to me as well, but I've learned through the process as well, some things, you know, it's not for public, it's for private, some things are not for the pulpit, but it's for your, uh, your own personal time with the Lord. But at the end of the day, I knew something happened there. God showed me a spiritual father that day, and I know the fear of the Lord was upon me to pursue that man as much as I can. I'm calling it that man for now because at that time, Prophet was still in itinerant ministry. So, uh, and I had to ask around. I said, Lord, but who is this man that you showed me? I had to ask people around. I had to Google afterwards. It was so profound. And then literally by God's grace, there was a couple of revival meetings happening after that services for the next four or five weekends in a row. Needless to say, I went, I was ignited by the power of God and every meeting that we had there, it was something of God that manifested. Either I would just stand during worship, next moment my hands will be lifted up. And I'm like, Lord, what's happening here? I tried to push it down, but lo and behold, there it goes up again. I've started feeling the electricity of the Holy Spirit move through my body. A lot of things happening. And I said, Lord, you are real. You are real because something is true over here. Lo and behold, Prophet didn't have encounter at that stage yet, still an itinerant. So we went back to our previous ministries, but now I thought, okay, I've been birthed. I'm anointed now. At the church as well, there we had a prayer meeting, and I know at one point I said, um, uh, I prayed certain things and I was on fire. And then one of the pastors, they just told me, Adrian, just stay behind for prayer a little bit, you know, we, we need to speak. I thought, oh, oh, here it comes. Stayed after and then the pastor said, but no, we, I would like to nominate you for the church. Um, uh, strategic leadership, there's an opening and I think we need someone like you. And once again, me rookie in the faith. Lord, yet I am. Here's my ministry of 15,000 people. It's going to happen now. I went for the interview that evening. I sat in the car beforehand and the Lord just told me, no, you're not going to get that. You're here to say certain things for me tonight. And I'm like, Okay, knowing the Lord by now, I was like, oh, brace yourself. And lo and behold, I had to say a couple of things. And when I walked out, I thought, how could I say stuff like that? But anyways, it was God-led. Prophet planted encounter. And since day one, we've joined encounter in the evenings. We were still tied up with other ministries as well. And uh, we were released eventually. I didn't tell uh, Jackie and Sebastian at that stage what God told me exactly because I wanted to see if that's really from God and I need to hear His voice close and I need confirmations. Well, after a couple of months or so, um, we, we really visited every, every evening uh, service of encounter and uh, we were in a predicament because now, I mean, I'm getting spiritual food in the morning at a different place and at night at a different place and now it's like, okay, do I split it? What's the story here? And then eventually, luckily, both of them said as well, Adrian, I think we should go. And then I said, Lord, you're in this. I know that. And like they say, the rest is history. I've been birthed by a father. I've gone through a process. And I'm still going through the process. I'm here to motivate each and every one of you here today that God has a plan for each and every one of you. I pray that you will receive this word this morning. Don't give up where you're at. God has not forgotten about you. He can change your situation in a moment. In a moment, He can lift you up. But remember, there's always a process. And the process never stops. Never stops.
Let's go to 1 Corinthians 4, verse 14 to 21. This is a great summary of how fathership, sonship works. It's about Paul, Paul's paternal care. It starts off, it says, I do not write these things to shame you, but as my beloved children, I warn you, just as a father does. For though you might have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet you do not have many fathers. Remember, it's like in the natural as well. You've got one father. So if you are chosen or being gifted to a spiritual father, remember that's not your choice. God ordains that move. And you cannot then just decide, I'm divorcing from this father, I'm going to the next father and the next father as it suits me. That's not how it works. God places you with a specific father in mind because he knew exactly what needs to be birthed out of your spirit from that father as a son. Remember that father is a gift to each and every one of you and use also a gift to your father. Okay, and then Paul says, Therefore I urge you, imitate me. Verse 17, For this reason I have sent Timothy to you, who is my beloved and faithful son in the Lord. There you see again, there is proof that you can have spiritual fathers and spiritual sons. We will remind you of my ways in Christ. Not Christ's ways only, but my ways in Christ. So there you can already see that Paul is imitating Christ. And therefore, his sons can imitate him as well. Verse 18. Now some are puffed up as though I were not coming to you, but I will come to you shortly if the Lord wills. And I will know not the word of those who are puffed up, but the power. For the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. What do you want? Shall I come to you with a rod or in love and a spirit of gentleness? How many of us know what prophet preached about the left hand and the right hand. Psalm 23 verse 4, you don't have to go there. I'll just quote it here. It says, Although I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because thy rod and thy staff comfort me. Thy rod, that's the left hand. That's the discipline hand. And the staff, that's the right hand. That's the direction hand. So a father in your life must always be able to discipline and to direct. The left hand and right hand is always, always there. Why? Because we need to grow up. We need to become mature sons. Because we move from a servant to a son the moment that we accepted Christ. And then from there onwards, now when we start faithfully serving in our church, serving a spiritual father, there we become a son. But now there's a thing, like me as well. I was a very immature son in the beginning. Very immature. So there's a couple of stages regarding the maturity stages of a son. The first one is called a brepos stage. That's an unborn infant. That literally means a baby in his mother's womb or a newborn, newborn who still breastfeeds. The second stage is called a nepios stage. That is between 14 and 20 months of age in the natural. And that baby still needs to learn how to speak, learn how to walk, learn how to eat. They cannot get food for themselves. And likewise, a lot of us are exactly the same in our spiritual journeys. We can only be fed the milk of the Word for that particular season. We cannot, we still require lots of affirmation. We still require a lot of things to be comforted on and encouraged in our journeys. 
we will not be able to advance the kingdom at that stage. So we cannot become comfortable at that stage. We need to grow up. There's always movement in the Spirit. Always movement in the Spirit. The Spirit can only move with each and every one of us if we take that first step. He will be with us. That is how it works. When Peter called to Jesus on the water, he, he said, Lord, if it's you, call me out. And the Lord said, yes, it's me. Come. He stepped out of the water and guess what? He started walking on the water because the Holy Spirit was with him at that particular moment. The moment that he started looking around again, focused not on his father, things got pear-shaped again. The third stage that we have is called the Pideon stage. It's between 3 and 12 years in the natural. So what we can have a look here is Proverbs 22 verse 6. Proverbs 22 verse 6. And it tells us, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. How true is that? If we think about training phases in a child's life or the training phases that's there, I usually call it the tell, teach and trust phase. The tell phase, that's a young child, toddler and young child. You tell that child what to do because they don't know better. They, they can't make choices whatsoever. They don't have the ability. You tell that child, you come to church with us. That's it. End of story. Then you get the next stage, the teaching stage. That is where they become teenagers and up until teenaging stage. This is how you now show them actually by teaching them to say, but look how I do it. Then I'm going to allow you to do it whilst I look you do that. And thereafter, you'll do it. And then the third training stage that we have is Above teenage years, we need to trust. Now you can't, you can't really discipline and direct too much there anymore because it's been done. Now you need to trust the Lord what, what you have done with that child. And that's where we get full circle back where you, we can remind God on the promise that if you train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. He might take a little bit of a turn or a detour here and there, but he will return. That's a promise and a principle in the Word of God. Then we've got a technon, a teenager, 13 to 19 years old. Now this child is still immature and in need of instruction and discipline to reach a total level of maturity. We can have a look at Hebrews 12, verse 5 to 9. Hebrews 12, verse 5 to 9. And it says, And you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as sons. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. If you endure the chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? But if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. Furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us and we paid them respect. Shall we not much more ready be in subjection to the fathers of spirits and live? Now I can tell you, since my process started an encounter as well, because remember, when God places you under that fathership and sonship uh, relationship, and you're birthed in a church, now you get subjected to a process. The moment that that process starts, everything will come out eventually. <laughs> and uh, I remember I was here one night and we're serving like crazy all over in the beginning and just helping out. And the next time there was a discipline happening to me and I'm like, Lord, but that was not even my fault. How could that be? Because no, it doesn't work like that. 
And then I actually got a real rebuke from the Lord. He just told me, I don't care if it's fair or not towards you. What are you going to do about it? And that, that cut me deep. I promise you that. But that was a principle that I want you guys to remember as well. It's not always if whatever happens to you is fair or not. What is your choice? How do you respond? How do you react at the end of the day? Because God has placed you in the safe playpen area to play around, be tested, be trained up and equipped. I mean, it's sometimes a fiery furnace, but that's the only place to grow. I would rather grow in a safe play area where I know my father is looking about everything than going out there in the wild and then going through some of these tests and there's no protection. Yes, always protection under the Father's wing. Then the fifth one is the Huyo stage. A mature son who reaches the age of 30 in Bible culture. That's typically, we can have a look at Jesus Christ over here as the Son of God. There's three specific dimensions of its meaning. It says one who has reached adulthood and complete maturity and one who resembles his father and carries the same DNA. And the third one is one who is ready to receive his inheritance. Because remember, servants don't receive inheritances. Only sons do. Then the final stage is the Nianosko stage. This is actually going beyond the mature son stage. This is like a warrior son. This is where we all want to be eventually down the line. In a mature son phase, you can be trusted and you can steward and you can have the DNA of your father upon you. But when you get to the Neonisco stage, this is where the father would be able to send you out and go warfare on his behalf and fulfill the mandate and the mission of the father. That is where we want to be. If I think about an example in the Bible, if I just think quickly on the seven sons of Sceva. I mean, when they try to cast out demons, they're like, but who are you? Jesus we know, Paul we know, but who are you? A Neoniskos will be known in the Spirit. A Neoniskos will have a spiritual track record and a rank built up in the Spirit. And I pray that that is what each and every one of you would aspire to. May you find your comfort in the Word that as you become faithful to this fathership and sonship process, that God will lift you up and mature you because lots of work to be done. We're going to have a look at couple of demands of sonship, four demands of sonship. The first one is followership. So who are you following? Who are you following at the end of the day? The, the base one that we can see is in Matthew 4, verse 17 to 20. And uh, I'm just going to quickly read there. From that time, it's Matthew 4, verse 17 to 20. Perfect. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon, called Peter, and Andrew's brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And listen to this one. It says, They immediately left their nets and followed him. How many of us know that obedience is better than sacrifice and slow obedience is disobedience? When God told me, you need to be with that man, with Prophet Leon, the fear of God came upon me and I knew I had to listen to that voice immediately. I need to lay down every other voice that I hear. That is the voice that I need to hear. 1 Corinthians 11 verse 1, it says, Imitate me just also as I imitate Christ. That was Paul speaking. And as you know, Paul had so many sons in the Spirit um, from Titus, Timothy, Onesimus. 
a lot of them. And they all did great exploits because they carried the DNA of Paul. The second process there, or the second demand is preparation. Now this is, this is the surgery part. This is where your process begins. This is almost like, I'm not sure if you guys have seen the, the movie, The Green Mile. You know, I see a dead man walking. Yeah, This is what's going to happen with your natural man, I promise you. It's willfully surrendering and putting yourself into submission, death to self. I asked the Lord to break me down when I joined Encounter and Prophet here to break everything out of me and that He built me up from the ground upwards. Because then I know when the foundation is strong and it's built up by the Lord, His Word and His Spirit, this is the healthy ground where you can raise up a building. This is exactly where we all should be. Embrace every moment of the process from all of the servings, the pathways, the volunteer groups, the teachings, GSOM, Bible schools, anything and everything. Drink up as much as you can. The Spirit of the Father of this house will come upon each and every one of you. If there's anything that's not aligned, it will come out. Don't worry. It's not strike one, strike two, and strike three, you out. This is not how it works. It's a father-son relationship. It's full of love. It's for correction and to the building up of each and every one of you. The third process there is the price of total dependence. Now, if I think about that, total dependence, I can think of Abraham. The Lord gave him a promise to say, but... You will birth nations through Isaac. But then the Lord asked Abraham, sacrifice Isaac. Without blinking of an eye, Abraham went total obedience, total surrender. And he stuck to that, that word and that instruction that the Lord gave him. So what did Abraham do? Abraham is the son of God. And God is his father. What has he done? The vision and the promise that was given to him. He laid that down on the altar. This is exactly what's happening here as well with each and every one of you. Each and every one of you have got a calling upon your life. But as you get into this process, God will show you before the process the vision and the, how far it is ahead of you. But He will show you clearly. Then at one stage, it's going to become foggy. You're not going to see further anymore because now you need to die to that vision. You lay that vision upon the altar and you follow the vision of the Father of the house. The moment that you can leave that thing behind, this is where God will start shaping you and shifting you and building you out. And He will bring your vision alive and birth it through the Father at the end of the day. We can also see that Isaac was a true son as well. He carried the burden of his father Abram. He carried the wood. Also, true sons goes further with their father. They are privileged to go and see in locations where other people, where servants cannot go, where true sons can tread. And then, like I said, a true son lays down his life and his vision for the vision of the Father. And then the last demand that's really, really, really important, and this is where it becomes full circle for me as well. When the Lord started with me, He said, integrity and honor, integrity and honor. Honor is your last stage of a year. What is honor? Honor is the birthing place. It creates the atmosphere. When you're in that relationship between a father and a son, where things can flow, you all know, 
you all know that the mantle that you honor is the mantle that you will receive from. You first need to be able to recognize the mantle. You need to serve the mantle. Therefore, if you honor the mantle, you will be able to receive from that mantle and operate in that same capacity going forward as well at the right time of the Lord. So, with honor comes importation. If I just have a quick look at Romans 1 verse 11. Romans 1 verse 11. It says, For I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift so that you may be established. And that is exactly how honor would work. If I honor my father, my father honors me. There's honor all around. It creates that channel between each and every one of us for a longing. A deep cries out to deep because that is where transference will take place at the end of the day. So my main question here today is, but why is fathership and sonship so important? Why is that so important? Let's have a look at the Great Commission. Great Commission, preach the gospel, go and make disciples. If we have a look at Mark 16, 15, it says, go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Now, what is the gospel? The gospel, John 3, 16, for Father God loved the world so much that He gave His Son. Ah, there's a Father, there's a Son. There's a Heavenly Father and there's sons on earth. There's a Father and Sonship relationship in the gospel. It's the foundation when we have a look at Jesus' crucifixion, His death, His burial, and His resurrection, how much more is that a son honoring His fathers and being obedient to the Father's mission and mandate? Fathership, sonship. Secondary to that, it says, Great Commission, go and make disciples, Matthew 28, 19. What else is it? Jesus and His 12 disciples. Jesus is a spiritual father. 12 disciples, 12 sons. He's making disciples. He's making sons. And that is where we need to see that that fathership and sonship is actually the making of disciples. This is where we impart. This is how we grow. This is how we multiply. This is exactly what everything is all about. You cannot remove fathership and sonship from anything of the gospel at this moment. So what do we say here today is, but the question that I want to leave each and every one of you with this morning is, where are you in the process of sonship? Are you in the following process? Have you started following yet? Did you say, yes, Lord, here I am? Are you in the preparation phase, that process phase, where you are being shaped and transformed? Are you in the total dependence phase, where you can say, but Lord, here I am. I've gone through certain tests, but I'm here. I'm going to become a mature son, a warrior son for you, Lord. Or are you in the honor phase? Do you lack the honor and you feel there's no progression, no impartation, no activation? We need to be sure where we're at in that process because like I said, it's all part of the Great Commission. We cannot remove fathership and sonship from our spiritual journeys. But there's hope for each and every one of us because Jesus... He is the perfect son and he set an example to each and every one of us. In John 4, 34, he says, My food is to do the will of him, my father, who has sent me and to accomplish his work. But guess what? The Lord also says, The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is living inside each and every one of us. The word also says in Genesis 1, verse 26 to 28, We are created in his image and his likeness. 
My question to you is, what is holding you back? If you have got Christ in you, the perfect Son and Father figures in your life, what is holding you back? I want to encourage each and every one here this morning. Do not give up. Take your journey seriously. Take the process seriously. I'm the living manifestation of following the principles here. And it's not because I'm special. It's because God's Word is true. Everything that He says and His Word is true and will be exalted above all else. I pray in this day that each and every one of you have a revelation of fathership and sonship. And may you be refreshed in your journey going ahead. I think as we just stand here, let's just close our eyes. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I want to thank You this morning, Lord, for this opportunity again to remind each and every one of us, Lord, about the fathership and sonship relationship that we have. Lord, I pray that we will move from a servant to a son to a mature son, a warrior son for You, Lord, because this is the place where You can be able to use us for Your kingdom and make advancements for Your kingdom, Lord. We know when we start following You, Lord, we have our salvation already. That's not a question even to ask and to consider afterwards, Lord. But the whole process of fathership and sonship, one that we have got the Father, we are saved. But now we go into the justification, past the justification, into the sanctification process where you can touch, change and transform each and every one of us. We become useful for your kingdom.